This morning, let's turn our Bibles to two places I want you to turn this morning. I want you to turn uh, to Acts chapter number 1 and hold your place there. Uh, and then I want you to turn to the book of Titus chapter number 2. And uh, we'll read from the book of Titus in just a moment. Uh, but I will refer to Acts chapter number 1 uh, a couple of times in the message this morning. Uh, but our text will be uh, in the book of Titus chapter number 2. And uh, we're continuing this morning in our series on the Great Commission. And I will read from Matthew 28 in just a moment. Uh, to remind us of the Great Commission, and then we'll uh, uh, draw our message from uh, these uh, couple of other passages of Scripture. Uh, while you're turning there, Titus chapter number 2, uh, and then we'll refer to Acts chapter number uh, uh, 1, I will read from Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, which we know as the Great Commission. Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know this is Christ's commission to his church uh, to go and to win people with the gospel, uh, to baptize them, to identify them with their Savior, that public declaration of their faith in Christ, and then to teach them to go and do the same, to be disciples. And for several weeks now, we have uh, looked at the Great Commission from different aspects, from uh, different viewpoints, and we'll do so again t this morning and tonight and several weeks out into the future. But I want you to look at Titus, with the, with the Great Commission in mind, I want you to look at Titus chapter number 2, and two verses of Scripture will be our text verse this morning, verse 13 and verse 14 of Titus chapter number 2. The Bible reads, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Uh, this morning, I want us to look at verse number 13 and 14, and I'm going to preach on the blessed hope of the Great Commission. The blessed hope of the Great Commission. Uh, when you, as a child of God, read verse 13 and 14, it ought to do something for you. Uh, you ought to feel something when you read that and remind it of what the Lord Jesus did for you and the fact that He is coming again. And so we'll look at this subject, the blessed hope of the Great Commission. Father, we come to you once again. We need you to do a work. We look into your word, the supernatural book that we uh, get our hope from, that we get our directions for life from. Father, I pray that once again the eternal words of this book would speak to us this morning. I pray the Spirit of God will work in our midst. Father, is one unsaved. I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would put them under conviction. May they realize their need of a Savior. May they realize their only hope is Christ. And Father, as your church this morning, as your children, as the redeemed, may we be reminded, first of all, of your love for us and sending your Son May we be reminded of what Jesus did for us on Calvary and what he did in raising victorious from the grave, conquering death and hell, the hope we have in him. But Father, may we also be reminded that this same Jesus is returning again one day. May we be faithful to serve him with the days we have. May we be faithful in fulfilling the great commission in the time that we have. Father, I pray that you do a work this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Titus, our text this morning, that we have a blessed hope. Just that thought ought to encourage you this morning, that there's hope. We look at a world and we look at all the problems, but you and I, as a child of God, we have hope. The Bible reminds us in this passage that we should be looking for it. We live in a world that's looking for all the negative. The world is looking for all the problems. And for you don't have to look very far to find problems today, do you? We don't have to look very far to find problems in our own life and the world around us. But friend, we're reminded of a blessed hope that every child of God has. What does that mean? Let me just summarize what verse 13 says. Jesus is coming again. We're reminded of that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful this morning that Jesus came the first time. I'm thankful that we have hope because he came the first time. We know of God sending his son and he was born of a virgin. And we know the story surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know all the things that, 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 that took place around that. And we're reminded of why he came. He came to pay the sin debt, to be that spotless lamb, to be that sacrificial one so you and I might have salvation. I'm thankful that the Lord came the first time. I'm thankful that he fulfilled his purpose. When Christ was on Calvary, he said the words, It is finished. He had done what was necessary in taking on the sins of the world. He came forth victorious from that grave. But friend, I was not here the first time Jesus came, but I'm looking for the second time. And Jesus is coming again. He is coming for the redeemed, the saved. This is our hope. I'm reminded this morning, and I feel it's my responsibility to remind you, our hope is not in a politician. Our hope is not in a political party. Our hope is not in any kind of movement. Our hope is coming from above. Our hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm afraid that as the church gets distracted and puts its hope in something other than that blessed hope, we get further and further away from the Great Commission. Friend, that's one thing the Great Commission will do in your life and in my life. It'll keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll keep our focus on eternity. It'll keep our focus on the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming again. I like hold your place in the book of Titus, but in Acts chapter number 1, we find some very uh, powerful uh, words for you and I today. We're reminded in the book of Matthew, that great commission, when Christ commissioned his, his uh, church to win the lost, to baptize them, to teach them all the things that he had commanded. Teach them to be disciples. And friend, this morning, if you're here and you're saved, aren't you thankful that somebody shared the gospel with you? Aren't you thankful that somebody cared enough to open God's word and say, let me tell you, the greatest news man could ever hear is that God loves you so much he sent his son to pay your sin debt. You can't buy salvation. You can't earn salvation. You can't work for salvation. You can't inherit salvation. It is a free gift. Aren't you thankful that somebody cared enough to share Christ with you? Aren't you thankful for the opportunity to grow in your Christian life? No matter how long you've been saved, it ought to be your desire to get to a place where you have an opportunity where I can share the same gospel with somebody else that somebody shared with me. I can have an opportunity to be a part 
of God doing that miracle in the life of someone else. As we think of that blessed hope, we give, find that commission that was given to the church. In Acts chapter number 1, uh, famously we read of His ascension. Just as God sent His Son, Jesus, having fulfilled His purpose, is going to ascend into heaven. We read in verse number 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Christ reminds them, You are to fulfill the great commission, you are to take the gospel everywhere. You're to teach all nations. It's to go everywhere. You would need the power of the Spirit of God to do that. And when the verse 9, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Imagine all that these disciples had seen. All that they had been witness to. Jesus, they knew, had been crucified. They knew that uh, he had given his life. They had seen him resurrected. He had given this commission. And now they watch him literally ascend up into heaven. Verse 10, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And then look at verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Notice these next three words. I like all of this, but I really like these three words. This same Jesus, which is taking up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The blessed hope, that glorious appearing we read of in Titus, this same Jesus. It's not another Jesus coming one day. It's the same Jesus who was born of a virgin. It's the same Jesus that lived a sinless life. It's the same Jesus that went to the cross of Calvary and took upon him the sins of mankind. It's the same Jesus that gave his life for man. It's the same Jesus who took his own blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven. It's the same Jesus that came forth victorious out of the tomb, holding the keys of death and hell. It's the same Jesus that met with his church and said, I want you to go and teach all nations, baptizing them and, and instructing them of all the things that I have taught you. It's the same Jesus that ascended up into heaven. That same Jesus is coming again. That same Jesus' return is our blessed hope. Friend, as a child of God, make sure your hope is in Christ. Make sure your hope, friend, this morning is not in a church. Make sure it's not in a political movement. Make sure it's not in man. There's only one place that you and I can put our hope, and it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I, I believe while a Christian is going to face things in this world that the lost face, I do not think that you and I should be depressed. I didn't say I don't believe in depression. I didn't say that, that we don't experience things that, that, that bother us. I just think we ought to just keep our hope on the Lord who's coming. I think we ought to keep our hope in Him. This morning, with that in mind, the blessed hope of the Great Commission, I've just got three statements I want to make to you this morning. When I'm done making these statements, a little while from now, we'll have an invitation and we'll be dismissed. 
I want to say, number one, it's going to be very simple, but I think this is very, very important for you and I to keep our focus right. When you and I get our focus on the wrong things, it has an effect on us. When the church puts its focus on the wrong things, when the church has got to, can make a difference, the church makes a difference to the Great Commission. What is our hope? Our hope is in that in the second coming of Christ. The blessed hope. Jesus is coming again. How do we tie that return with the Great Commission? You could probably figure it out this morning, but I want to help us by making these statements. Number one, I want to say what you and I believe to be true. Number one, Christ is the only hope. He's the only hope. There is not another. He is the only hope. Hope. Look with me in verse number 14 in the book of Titus again, our text, chapter 2, verse 14. We see in verse 13, we're looking for the appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, let me just say, I'm looking forward to eternity. Some characters in Scripture that intrigue me. The archangels intrigue me. But God's not sending the archangels to summon his home. Paul, who's writing the letter to Titus, what a great Christian. And we'll meet Paul and we'll see Paul. But I'm not looking for Paul coming again. I'm not looking for Elijah or for Moses. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our blessed hope. Verse 14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Well, you think about why Jesus came. Listen very carefully to me this morning. You may have never heard this. Maybe your first time in church or a church like this, or maybe, maybe, maybe it's not your first time. Jesus came with a purpose. It was not for a political revolution. The Jew today denies Christ as the Savior, and the Jew will tell you that Jesus was crucified because he was trying to overthrow the the Roman government. That's not why Jesus was crucified. The Bible tells us he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Friend, aren't you thankful there's not a sin that man can commit that they cannot be forgiven of? There's not a sin that man can commit that the blood of Christ cannot redeem, cannot cover, cannot cleanse. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Let me tell you what Christ is still looking for today. He's still looking for those that need to be redeemed. And let us not get so full of ourselves this morning, friend, that we forget that we might clean up real nice and and we might say some polite things and, and we might say hello brother and hello sister and enjoy the fellowship this morning. But we are nothing but sinners saved by the grace of God who have been redeemed. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you've never put your hope in Him, let the day be the day where you put your faith in Him and experience the change that only He can make. He gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people. You know, God's people are different. And that word peculiar there doesn't just mean weird. We're not trying to just be weird. Some of you, that's your life verse. You got it mastered. You're, 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 you're doing it. No. This world looks at the child of God and says, they're not like us. 
It's strange. Some of the comments I've made over the last several weeks about how Sunday is the Lord's day, it's not the NFL's day. The world will look at that as, what in the world is he talking about? Why in the world does a child of God do the things that they do? Why would you give your money to that church? Why would you give your time to do these things? We're a peculiar people. He's purified us unto himself. Zealous of good works. You know, Christian, you and I should be different because of our salvation. Works cannot get you to heaven. You can't do enough good works to get you to heaven. You can live a hundred lifetimes, and in those hundred lifetimes, do all the good works that man could possibly do, but it wouldn't get you one step closer to heaven. Works can't save you. Turning over a new leaf doesn't save you. Putting, and, you, and, you, and I'm for uh, improving yourself. I'm for uh, having better habits. But friend, none of that saves you, but it's only Christ who saves you. Works cannot save you, but a child of God should be zealous of good works. There's a difference. There's a different way we should live. See, how is it that we might be redeemed? You can't redeem yourself. You can't change yourself. Christ is the only hope. Uh, We're reminded in John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, we're we're doing a disservice in the nation. We're we're on our money. It says, in God we trust. And we're not telling our neighbors about Christ. We've always been a Christian nation, if you will, but... Today we're a Christian, we're trying to be a Christian nation without Christ. Christ is the only hope. If Christ is the only hope, there's two conclusions we can draw from that with, in context of the blessed hope of the Great Commission. Now, this is deep. You know I like to study, and so it just took me a long time to give you this first conclusion. First conclusion is this, if Christ is the only hope, are you ready for it? Without Christ, there is no hope. You got that? If he's the only hope, without him, there is no hope. Friend, this morning, if you're here and you are uh, without Christ and you're trying to get to God, you're trying to get to heaven, you're trying to get forgiveness anyway, but besides Jesus Christ, you are without hope. It is hopeless. There are many who are a lot better than you and I, who've lived a lot better lives than you and I, who still fall short, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He is the only hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. We have a world, we live in a country today that every political cycle, here comes another hope in this party. Here comes another hope in this party. Here comes a resolution we're going to do. And I'm all for being a better government and having better leaders. But friend, that is not the hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. You want me to tell you what will turn our nation around again? Let's put God back where he belongs. Let's pray in Jesus' name once again. Uh, let's, put, let's put Jesus back in the public schools. I mean, I mean, you could talk about Allah and you could talk about Muhammad, but you can't talk about Jesus Christ. That'll change everything. He is the hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. And then the Great Commission brings hope. 
We're talking as a church about the Great Commission. Jesus commissioned that church. You be a witness of my death, burial, and resurrection. You teach all nations. Teach them of what I have done. You know what brings hope to a hopeless life? Christ does. You know what brings hope to a hopeless marriage? Christ does. You know what brings hope in the life of a child who has no hope? It's Christ. You know what brings hope to a nation? Christ. The vehicle, if I can say it like that, from which Christ commissioned the gospel is through the Great Commission. I'll illustrate this more tonight, but when you and I fulfill the Great Commission, hope then spreads. If you and I as the church are reminded that Christ is the only hope, you can hashtag Jesus Christ as the answer only so many times. We're commissioned to preach the gospel. We're commissioned to win our neighbors. We're commissioned to fulfill the Great Commission. If if Christ is the only hope, and He is, the Great Commission brings hope. Statement number two. To be looking for His appearing, you must be participating in His commission. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. Let's go back a little bit in verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In other words, we can't use how wicked the world is as an excuse of why we are living godly in this present world. We're to live righteously in this present world. We're to live soberly in this present world. In order to do that, there's some things we have to deny. We have to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It means you need to make an effort to avoid some things. You and I need to make an effort to, to, to not to deny some things. In our, well, this just comes natural. You know why it comes natural? Because we're sinners. So there's some times when we have to deny ourselves what our flesh wants so that we can live righteously in this present world. You've probably made this statement. I'm sure we all have at some point. Boy, I can't wait to get that glorified body. There'll be no temptation. There'll be no, be no failure. There'll be, 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 be no wrongdoing. And all of that's true. But until we get that glorified body, we need to be denying ourselves of some things. Why? So that we can be godly in this present world. This passage right here will, will refute the whole philosophy of we got to be like the world to win the world. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says that we are to live righteously and godly in this present world. While we're doing that, Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. If we are looking for that blessed hope, to be looking for His appearing, you must be participating in His commission. Who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us. 
you and I should determine to be faithful, and until Jesus calls us home, there are some things I must deny myself. There's some, I, I should live godly. And by the way, godliness and holiness is still in the Bible in 2023. We still should be striving to live in a godly manner. Let me remind all of us, God decides what's godly, not the world. God decides what's godly, not religion. God decides what's godly, not a Facebook poll. He is the standard. So if I'm going to be looking for his appearing, and the Bible teaches us that uh, there's rewards for those that faithfully every day, today's the day Jesus could come back. Today's the day that our Lord could could return. If you knew how many times have we heard somebody say this, perhaps you, you never have, but most of us have heard a preacher say it or you've heard me say it through the years, say, if you knew Jesus was coming, if, 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 if God told us that today, on this day, that Jesus would return, churches would be full. But he could come back today, so therefore churches should be full. Well, if I knew when he was coming, I'd, I'd get this relationship right, and I'd stop doing this, and, and, I'd, start, and I'd start doing this. And, and if, he was, if, he, if I knew he was coming today, then, then I would fix those things for him. The Bible says that we should be looking for his appearing. How are we looking for his appearing if we're living contrary to his command? How many of you, if you knew that Jesus was coming by Friday, there's a loved one that you would give the gospel to. If you knew Jesus was coming today, you would, as quickly as you could, you'd tear out of the parking lot and find that neighbor you see, I've got to tell you. I've got I've to tell you what Christ did for you. How many would, if you knew Christ was coming this week, how many would go to that loved one and you would, you would plead with them and, and the tears would flow down your face and you'd say, you've got to trust Christ today. We, well, 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 I'll put it off. I'll, I'll, do it, I'll, I'll, do it, I'll do it another time. You don't understand. Jesus is coming again, and when he comes, it's going to be too late. And we would plead, and we would urge, and we would say, you know what's going to be in my schedule this week? I'm going to find time when I allow the Spirit of God to speak to my heart as I cross paths with someone. And if the Spirit of God impresses upon me to speak to that person about their eternity, I'm going to yield to the Spirit of God. And I'm going to speak to them. Why? Because He's coming, and I know when He's coming. And I've got to, I've got to tell everybody I know how many would change the, the purpose of uh, all of their communications. How many would then say, i got to be a good witness, and, and I've got to let people see the light of Christ in me because I know when He's coming back. Just as we would stop doing things we know we should not do if we're really looking. We would start doing things we know we should do if we're really looking. And if we really believe he's coming back as he says, if we're really looking for him to return as he has promised, then we would be participating in the Great Commission. We would pray for the gospel to go forth. 
we would pray for the pastor as he preaches and that the gospel message would be clear and that the Spirit of God would work. We would pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that God would strengthen them and that the gospel would be real in the lives of those around us. We would give more sacrificially so a missionary could get to the mission field quicker. We would, we would put all the priority in place so that we could have a part in the Great Commission. Boy, we would, we would not just stumble in the church having given no thought of what God might do today and no thought of what part I could have. And we would be ready. We'd be in our place in that choir. And may I sing in such a way that the Spirit of God could speak to the heart of a visitor so that when they hear the gospel, they may yield their will to Christ. I would, I would find a place to serve because this is the last Sunday that we would have to serve our Lord. And may I make an influence on somebody. And maybe there's some child that's in Sunday school for the first time today. I would make an effort to have a part in that. See, if we're really looking for his appearing, you must be participating in his commission. Because the truth of the matter is there are a lot of lost individuals who will sit in a church like this and they'll hear the gospel and they'll put it off. Thinking in their mind, really believing the time will come when I will do it. And there will be many who lift up their eyes in torment as the rich man did. Having put it off too long. But can the same be true of a child of God who knows they should have a part in the Great Commission. And they put it off. I, I should deny myself. I should live godly. I should live righteously, looking for His appearing. Boy, Christ has commissioned us as the church, and I'm part of His church. And by the way, if you're not part of His church, I get to be part of His church. That's how you're part of the Great Commission. And quit putting that off too while I'm at it. Let's do what we need. Why? Why? Because He's coming again. He's going to return. We should be looking. Well, I've lived this long and he hadn't come. Well, that doesn't change the command to look. I'd be friendlier to those around me. I'd get involved some way. I'd have a part in what he's doing. See, if we're going to be looking for his appearing, we must be participating. There are Christians all over this country that are sitting at home this morning. They're not participating which means they're not looking. There's a lot of Christians who, who, who they have more at the political rally than they do the soul winning rally. They're not, they're not looking because they're not participating. Just my plea this morning, if you're lost, get saved today. You don't know that you have another day. Christ could come back today. But my, my admonition is also to us as a church, quit putting off having a part in the Great Commission. Quit putting off dedicating yourself. Quit putting off uh, being committed to the cause of Christ. Quit putting off uh, sharing the gospel. Quit putting off inviting that neighbor. Quit putting off giving as you should give to missions. Quit putting off serving in some capacity. Quit putting off carving out that time of prayer where you're going to pray for lost people to be saved and pray for the church to be empowered. Quit putting all those things off because he is coming again. He could come today. And if we're looking for his appearing, then we've got to participate. Because that, I, let's just, it's a book of Acts again, chapter 1, that same verse, verse 11, where we see this same Jesus. Those men are staring. They're looking for him. He went into heaven. Where did he go? I think they had to have been in awe. 
stunned. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These are angels. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taking up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. What they are saying is, didn't you just hear what he told you two verses ago? He's coming back. And you know what they did? They went and they gathered together. He said, we've got to go to this whole world after we get the power. They said, we better get started. Wouldn't it be great if God's church got the power again? And they said, we've got to get started. Why? Because he's coming back. And these disciples believed that he's coming back in their lifetime. Well, pastor, they didn't. Having not received the promise, they were still faithful. Still faithful. Leads me to number three. I said number two, to be looking for his appearing, you must be participating in his commission. And I was very, I was pointed in number two, and I'll be very pointed again in number three. To say number three, time is limited. In verse 13 of Titus 2, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. The time's coming when Christ is going to appear. He's going to appear. And when that time takes place, it'll be too late. It'll be too late to settle your account if you've yet to settle it. Christian, here's a sobering thought. I look forward to Christ's return. That's our hope. We're supposed to hope in that. But time is ticking. And when you're going to share the gospel with that loved one, time is ticking. when you're going to share the gospel with that co-worker. Young man, young lady, time is wasting till you fully surrender to God's will. Christian, time is ticking. Jesus could appear today. Time is limited in the opportunity we have to be a part. While the time will come when Christ will appear, you and I know that our life is a vapor. The Bible tells us that. Nobody in this building is younger today than they were yesterday. That's not the way it works. Each day that goes by, we are closer to his appearing. Now, there we do not know when he's coming. Only the Father knows that. And if he tarries his coming, the day will come when you and I will draw our last breath.
So either event that takes place first, time is limited. I know when we're young, I say when we're young, we think that we have a lot of time, we think that we have plenty of time, and as time begins to go by, we realize how fleeting the moments are, how fleeting the opportunities are. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this. We look and we say, I wish I, I had more opportunity to make more memories. I wish I had more time to do these things. I wish I could spend more time with my loved ones. But friend, let's look at this in the perspective of the Great Commission and that blessed hope and that appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I don't want to get to the end of my life and us to get to the end of our days as a church and he come to say, man, if, <coughs> if we had only carved out a priority of getting out the Great Commission, if only we had cut out these non-essential activities and, and, and put, put reaching people with the gospel as the priority, if only we had put our resources and our time, and if only we had made the sacrifices to, to do more when it comes to the cause of Christ, if only I had rearranged my schedule and given more of myself to serve in the church in some capacity, and, and maybe I can't do what others can do, but I, I could take loads off of them so they could do it. I could serve in some capacity I could pray for for the gospel to go forth I could pray for those that were standing in those Sunday school classes I could have had a part each day that we're not busy as his church fulfilling the great commission is a day we never get back what a time for you and I as a child of God is going to be when that glorious appearing takes place. I look forward. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Christ came back today? But if it's today, I've preached my last gospel message. If it's today, you've handed out your last gospel tract. If it's today you've shared the gospel the last time, you'll ever share the gospel. On one hand, it's our blessed hope, and you and I should be looking for that day. And every day, we got to get up and ought to motivate us. I've, there's some things I don't want to do, but I'm going to do it because Jesus can come back today. There's some things I should do, and my flesh is fighting against me, but I'm going to do it because Jesus could come back today. Today could be his day of appearing. Oh, there's some individuals that we all know and love that we need to make a priority because of that blessed hope. This ought to be a good reminder for you and I as our church of what the priority, we know what the priority should be. Say, Pastor, why are we trying to double our attendance? Because I believe time is short. Why, 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 are, why are we focused completely on the Great Commission? And why have you taken all these weeks and the weeks to come? And, 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 and there's more in the Bible than that. Yes, friend, I know. Come back on Wednesday night and I'll give you something different. Come in Sunday school, I'll give you something different. But I do believe the hour is short. Pastor, can you believe all the things that have taken place the last few years? It just seems like the Bible's lining up and everything is in, in order for Christ to come back. Yes. Say, so what's going to happen when this takes place and this takes place and, and then this government does this and this? Friend, if all that happens, I'm not going to be here. 
because of his appearing. I'm not worried about it. I'm, not, I'm told not to worry about that. I'm told to be part of the Great Commission. I'm told to try and get the gospel and be witnesses to this world. That's what we're to do as the church. It may it be said of the Emmanuel Baptist Church that our focus is the Great Commission because Christ gave the commission. But this same Jesus, this same Jesus that gave that commission is the same Jesus who died on the cross. The same Jesus who shed his blood. The same Jesus who conquered death and hell. This same Jesus is going to appear. What a hope you and I have. But friend, it's also a reminder. Time is short. There's no time to waste. Our focus, what, truth, and, I'm, and I, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you as plainly as I can tell you this morning. For some of God's people, you need to put aside those weights. You need to get some sin out of your life for your own benefit, but so you can be part of the Great Commission. There, there's, there's, there are, there's, a, there's Christians who you need to be more committed to the institution that he gave this commission to. Well, I just, I just got so... Well, if, if, I, if, I could, if you'll allow me to say it like this, men, put your big boy pants on. Get your schedule the way it needs to be. Get your finances the way they need to be. Do what you need to do. Get things out of your life that shouldn't be there. Hey, you messed up. You messed up. Ask him to forgive you. Get yourself up and say, I've got something I've got to be a part of. There are people who are dying without Christ, and he's coming again. I believe that. And, and make no mistake, I'm looking for him to come. I'm looking for him to take us out of this mess and to take us out of this world and, and leave all these things behind. I'm looking forward to leaving the heartache behind and the sorrow behind and all the shortcomings behind. I'm looking forward to that. But at the same time, I'm reminded that he could come today. So we must be busy doing what we only we can do now with the time that we have. We must be busy about the Great Commission. I conclude this way. Time, I said number three, time is short. Who, child of God, has the Lord impressed upon your heart that you need to give the gospel to in the next seven days? In the next 72 hours? In the next 24 hours? What neighbor do you need to invite? What coworker do you need to extend that invitation to? What is it that you need to change? Maybe it's just a matter of rededication and saying, I, I know this is true. I want to rededicate myself. And from this time forward, I want to make sure that I'm doing my part because Christ is coming back. But perhaps you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've heard enough gospel this morning 
to at least realize two things. And I believe the Holy Spirit's presence is here enough to convince anybody who's lost that they cannot save themselves. That Jesus is the only way of salvation. You have an opportunity to get saved. Take advantage of it. In a moment when the invitation begins and the piano begins to play and people begin to move and Christians begin to come and pray in whatever way the Lord instructs them to pray, you'll have an opportunity to let somebody show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Assuming that trumpet doesn't sound in the next few minutes, you'll have an opportunity to give your heart to Christ. But you're not guaranteed another one. Christian, the clock is ticking. Jesus is coming again. And I'm thankful for that. But because he's coming again, it places urgency on his church. Let's not get caught doing the same thing those disciples were doing. Where'd he go? They were gazing. Now, we're not watching him ascend. We know he's ascending. We're promised he's coming back. And I think we ought to be looking for his return. But I don't think what he, the instruction means that we just stand and look at the clouds. If I'm looking for his appearing, I know that at any moment that trumpet can sound. So as, I, as the scripture also tells me, I've got to work for the night is coming. When no man can work. Let's be busy. Emmanuel Baptist Church. Being a part of the Great Commission. There are causes. But there's only one commission. There are opportunities. But there's only one commission. May the commission be our focus. Because Christ is coming again. Friend, if you've never trusted Christ, make today your day of salvation. Make today the day you put your hope and faith in Him. Father, we pray this morning that you would work in these closing moments.